What is up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we're coming to you live from the internet, as usual. Two places for streaming the video. We're coming to you to Crowdcast. We're coming to you to YouTube. Or if you're listening to this later, we're coming to you in your ears through a podcast version. Very excited about the guests that we have on later in the show. And by later, I mean almost immediately. Uh, But first... We're going to kick off the show with everybody's favorite section. Are you guys ready for this? I've always wondered what our favorite section is. We've uh, (laughs) under-publicized that for so long. Yes. Uh, Well, no, this is everybody else's favorite section. They love it, uh, but we actually do love it because this is uh, the time of the month when we thank everybody who is supporting us over at Patreon. Patreon Patreon.com slash comic book club. These are the folks that keep the show going because even in these at-home streaming times, and perhaps more than ever, the show does cost us a little bit of money to do, even if it is free to listen to and free to come watch. So let's thank those people. What do you say, fellas? Exactly. Sure, and uh, the greatest reward is to have three dudes try to say your name. Uh, <laughs> yeah. once a month. Well, we've been, uh, for those listening out there, we've been practicing this for the past week nonstop. So we have it down. No problems yeah. here. I'm going to kick it off. Thanking Aaron C. Hollis. Adam Marks. Adriel Moreland. AG Tax Services, LLC. Aliana Fontenot. Aliana Fontenot. Amy Gonzalez. Uh, Andrew Tillman. Benjamin Brown. Brad Macris. Carly Welsh. Crystal Lizzie. Clemens Luer. Uh, Corbett Darby Doodle. Curtis LaRock. D-Man Ryan. Dan Snow. Daniel Fuentes. Daniel Morphesis. Daniel Warden. Danny Heck. Danny Ali. Dennis Scott, Dylan LJ, Eduardo Martinez, Aaron Dorian, Jeffrey Risher, Gerard de Villiers, James Connolly, James Kurtz, Jason Donahue, Jason Williams, Jolene, John George, Jonathan Jong, Joshua Gibson, Joshua W. Broxson, <laughs> Catherine Henson, KC Newhaven, Kevin Grimes, Kevin Clyderock, Kieran Broderick. Cody Thomas. Lee Brown. Lee Water Thomas. So cute. So darling. Lucas Sink. <laughs> Mark Carrillo. Mark Zeller. Megan Thigpen. Mike Dargenio. Mitchell McDonald. Nadia C. Nick Grayson. Omnia Soul Art. Oren Dix. Pedro A. Wrangle. Perry Talaferro. Pete's Punisher Slippers. Primetime Polly G. Rev Mikey. Sarah Schaefer. Scott Carpenter. Scott England. Jamila Rush. The 12th Bench. Victor Perez. W. Blaine. Will Buchanan. Zika's Viral Comics. Uh, thank all of you again who are supporting the show. And also thank all of you who are coming out and watching the show and hanging out with us live right now on Crowdcast and over on the tube, I see John Dorsey over on the tube says, good evening, gentlemen. Good evening. Right back to you. Uh, but I'll tell you what, we're going to bring our guest into the show Ooh. right now. Um, he has a book that recently came out. Uh, or actually, sorry, it's, it's coming out tomorrow. To come out. Yes. It's about to come out. It's called Scarlet Hood from IDW. Ladies and gentlemen, Nick Roche. <laughs> yes. Hello. What are the odds? Hey, guys. How you doing? All yeah, right. right. So, How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm staying up late for you guys. 
Oh, Wait, so where are you located, Nick? I'm located in Southeast Ireland, so it's midnight now. It's witching hour. It's just a horror comic, right? So <laughs> I'm on brand. Yeah. yeah, there you go. I'm terrified, personally, uh, about everything that's happening. So yeah, that's, that's a different thing, though, isn't it? Yeah, there's somebody right off screen. They're staring at me. They have an axe. It's, it's <laughs> that's hard. the embodiment of 2020. <laughs> that's where i live i reside in that embodiment i'm so sorry uh yeah so nick thank you for staying up late i'm very excited to chat about this book comes out tomorrow from idw uh it's great we won't spoil anything here uh but it's a lot of fun and goes in directions i think that you're not necessarily expecting or at least as a reader but also i don't want to speak for justin here but as a parent i found it very relatable other than the ghosts but very relatable in general uh Alex, Alex says that because I'm his son, just to be clear. Yes. <laughs> I can tell that. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. We have a real yeah. dynamic. You're up past your bedtime, by the way, son. Yeah, I know. I'm in <laughs> your basement, in your house. Take over. <laughs> so, Nick, where did the initial idea came from? Uh, come from? I don't know if you're a parent yourself. That's where it came from, or the idea came from the name Scared to it. Or where did the it long, start? Yeah, the long game was I had to procreate. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, and then I had to see whether or not they this child that you know we expelled into the world was of any entertainment value whatsoever. I appreciate your dedication. You know, to make a comic book, you got to yeah. do what you got to do. Yeah, and that doing what I do is having sex with my wife. But that, <laughs> we're married, and that's okay. Yeah, that's um, right. Let's open it up. No yeah, judgment. I mean, in, yeah, in really Ireland years ago, that, that was not okay to do it with the unmarried. But um, yeah, so yeah, I mean, it was when I had kids. And when it was like, uh, like I'm a, I've been a comic book artist professionally for like 15 years. And I like, you know, been drawn Transformers and done some stuff for Marvel. Uh, but it's like an isolated sort of life, you know. So you're kind of just stuck myopically looking at your drawing board. And for a lot of people who work in the industry, as I'm sure you know, that like they don't tend to get out much or experience much other than, yeah. you know, the, the ins and outs of comics. And so then when I had kids... Oh, my first child, uh, she's seven now, but when, uh, when she was of a kind of preschool age, I just discovered that I had to, int- I had to interact with people and it, it wasn't my choice. Um, and yeah. you find that kind of when you're at the school gates that uh, the dynamics of school kind of happens with the parents as well as just with the kids, uh, except that the kids are much better at making friends and talking waffle and just go, we like this now, yeah. we're friends. And then parents are like, so the uh, the house prices on the uh, the Dunmore uh, Road are terrible, <laughs> you know, and the kind of the best places to go for, you know, the the campuchus and uh, you know, and oh, what time is swimming practice? And does yours have a peanut allergy as well? And it's just like ah, oh, I used to be more vital. Yeah. I mean, I never used to be really vital, but you feel like <laughs> you feel like there was more to life than this. And it's so true. Kind of, that, yeah, that's one thing ahead. I loved about the book. Is it? I could tell from reading it that um, that you have kids because the yeah. details were so spot on um, across the board. I was like, this feels so real. Specifically, the dance we all do as parents trying to make friends, like you're talking about, and it takes even someone who I'm like, this person's cool. I mm. feel cool. I still can't break through yeah. uh, about anything because yeah. it's just it's so it's hard to orchestrate. Of- but yeah, because, you you know, when you're younger, you can just say, I like Transformers. Do you like Transformers? We're friends now, you know? And, and also the thing about making friends as an adult with parents at the school gates is it's also the trick of trying not to make friends with certain <laughs> parents yeah. as well. <laughs> so, they, oh, we're in, we're in this social orbit now, you know? But, I mean, I'm, 
I, I, like as a comic artist, I don't have much in. I don't have anything interesting to offer to these people. You know, like so. You know, Come on. It's a that's a street. cool job. That's a cool yeah, job, a cool though. Job. Someone's gonna be like, "You're a comic it, artist." Yeah, it is. But I mean, you know, you have no, you know, real opinions on real things. You know, because <laughs> so, so it's uh, you know, the, you says don't want who. That. Yeah. Well, not wow. us here. We're cool here. Now this yeah, is yeah, that's right. Coming awesome from the guy literally surrounded by comic book art, <laughs> 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 like, but it's um. So that's kind of where it came from. And so it's more the fact of like, what would I rather be doing? Because I, you know, I work from home. So when once she was in play school, I could go back home and do some work. But there was always that itch of like, I could do something else, like go back to bed, <laughs> or 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 you know yeah. read some. Actually, you read some comics, and so the idea was that like, well, what what would be cool rather than just talking about our kids or going for coffees and talking about house prices or or uh, you know proctologist uh, appointments? Uh, what's more interesting? And I was like, ghost hunting, and that's where Scarenthood is came came from. Yeah. It came from the idea of that like, if your kids were in school uh, and you could go ghost hunting would you <laughs> with some strangers would you do it and 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 the situations that would kind of lead to instigating a supernatural mystery that that would kind of make you sort of team up with kind of these disparate strangers to to kind of yeah create a little kind of a scooby gang all of your own one thing i loved about this not to get into uh, a spoiler or anything but the the scare that happens in the in this first issue is both scary in a in a ghost sense or a mystery sense but it's also scary for a parent yeah, um, and I think that's played so smartly. I just really love oh, cool. combining nice. that uh, those two things. So smart. Yeah, good. and then, you know, like it comes from a real place as well. I mean, that's the whole right what you know, and 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 uh, you know, comics. The best thing, one of the best things about comics is being able to use your imagination and, and you know create new places and experience for people. Uh, and I thought that when I got to do my own creator on comic, it would be that I'd have some robots in there and some superheroes and some time travel and all that stuff because that's fun to draw. Um, except kind of this story was like niggling inside me and that's obviously yeah. founded in uh, oh my god am I a good dad or not even am I a good dad am I just am I, can, I, can I not be a crap one do you know and can I uh, can I at least somehow not fail in nurturing uh, my, my, my daughter uh, and, and so it's but even stuff like that of kind of like Oh God, it's dinner time. I, I, I almost forgot to feed you at the right time or, you know, just remembering to sort of like with you and you are in like the workflow mode to have your alarm set so that you leave to go and collect the kid from play school, you know? So it's, uh, and so just those fears that the non-supernatural fears came from the very obvious, very root one. Like, you know, it's just like, tell me about your dreams. Well, you know, they're, they're very, you know, obviously page one of Freud, you know? So it's kind of... <laughs> Um, yeah, well, the great place to start with Freud. You yeah. want to dive into the back? That's where it gets super know. fucked. That's uh, that's what he said. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, uh, being the guy who doesn't have kids on this show, I want to talk a little bit more about this that's kind of why like you look ghost. so sparkly. That's why you look yeah, so, <laughs> so fresh. Uh, um, I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about the ghost, kind of like the mystery stuff. Uh, <sighs> I was really impressed. Um, it seemed kind of like a real kind of like legend ghost story type of thing. Sounds like something that would be kind of like a local lore. And yeah. I was just wondering if that was something that was kind of like uh, passionate for you at all or, or something that you kind of like just, uh, you know, picked up on or, or where was the kind of thought process behind that? Yeah, it was, it was, it was just more like osmosis thing. I, I kind of, um, 
like I'm, I'm Irish, but I've never, I never ever properly identified or connected with being Irish. Do you know? And that sort of sense of like, <laughs> that's, that's you know, O, right? When you yeah, say very it, much okay. so, very, yeah. very much. Well, so. Capital O as well, like all, like all our surnames do. Um, but it's um, yeah, it's that thing of kind of just never. I like really, yeah, had any sort of identification, you know, when like the Irish national football team were playing. Or something. I don't like sports, you know. I don't like. I'm not crazy into Irish music, and and then, but then when the story came to me about like wanting to have set something ghost hunting, mm-hmm. just everything from like the last you know thirty plus years has started to kind of like weigh down on you, and you're like, well, I do know about this house that could never repair its roof because apparently the devil came through it one night you know i do know about this kind of like site that there's weird vibes in and stuff if you go there drinking late at night you know and it's just like you realize that there's also a thing of like oh i want to be the one to strip mine my country's cultural history rather than like you know someone else kind of doing it so it was that sort of like even growing up in like the 80s and 90s uh i'm not sure if this generation it's gonna be the same for the generations that came after me but i really felt that there was that still mildly haunted vibe about it. you know because like my parents generation still had oh uh, you know don't do this in front of the mirror not that that's yeah. the other thing you know like all these kind of yeah. weird little uh, you know kind of superstitions that they were they were they weren't real but you know they they felt very recent and they felt like mm-hmm. you know you, you still hear about people you know it probably was nonsense but you still hear about people saying my gran heard the band show last night. And that's in like 1988. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of, no, so, it's true. And I don't yeah. know what that is because like growing up, it was like, don't say Candyman in front of the mirror. Don't exactly. say bloody mirror. That right. stuff. Bloody felt Mary, real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And people believed it. And even like when Blair Witch came out, uh, people yeah. I knew believe that shit. Like no. what, it was like real. And I just don't know, does that exist anymore? And if I'm so, sure, yeah, I, I don't know if it does. I agree it. more. Couldn't it agree more. Hey, <laughs> wow, he really went along with all that fascist stuff we were talking yeah. about. Right? <laughs> um, but we, uh, well, uh, yeah, it's, I wonder, it feels like there is a, a demand, like a demand for a kind of a, an attraction to it because you'll see stuff like Slender Man happening. Do you know what I mean? And right. that, you know, yeah. that, that's being kind of crafted whole cloth from the collective imagination. So even if it's happening like digitally now, it does seem to be that that's, people still need or, or feel a connection to these kind of urban folk legends and things. Oh, like that, for sure. Know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but the Blair Witch thing totally as well. Yeah. I think mean, that's, that's like, I, I was never really a horror guy and stuff like that, but that kind of came out at the right time. And because it felt, I was because of the low budget nature. I mean, scaring to it isn't, you know, it's, it's not a big crash bang wallops, you know, you're not, there's not, there's, it's all the unseen stuff, isn't it? And that's what Blair Witch is, you know. A hundred percent. And I do think yeah. it builds, this first issue builds to that moment. And then it's just like, ooh, it, there's something about having all feel very like world building and like these are regular people and it being funny on top of. Good, I hope so, yeah. Show. Oh, for sure. And I think that yeah. helps because I, I love the interplay between comedy and horror and laughing and being scared. And I think you do it so well here because it turns hard. And gets you. Good. That's what it gets you. Awesome. That's it's good to hear because yeah, it's it's you can you can fall between two st- stools with when you you know genre split, but there's also the thing of like you know they, they say the reason why comedy and horror go hand in hand is because they're both about timing and stuff. So that works well obviously in TV and stuff because it's all about you're very much yeah you know they're the two most like manipulative genres almost I think because you're, you know you're trying to Amen you know to tickle the genre you know tickle tickle the laughs out of people and kind of you know tickle on the back of someone's neck to sort of scare them then as Ooh. well so it's uh, uh gentle Bunch blowing and uh, I know yeah so the, the, if, you, if you go for the double tickle uh you got scared into it <laughs> I'm, I'm always uh, going for the double tickle I know yeah I've seen I've seen your pushing your luck <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's I hope it does I mean I, like I said I'm not really 
like I, I like horror. I like, really love comedy, but I'm not very well versed in the classics of horror. So all my references are quite moot one. But being that in mind, like Shaun of the Dead is kind of the best example of that yeah. kind of that gang mentality. And the scare until it has that, obviously. Uh, and but then, you know, with Shaun of the Dead, it has the, you know, the real horror sets in, you know, when, you know, like his mom gets bitten and stuff, you know, and that feels yeah. it gets real, you know, and uh and that's obviously a parental relationship that goes the opposite way and then in scare until it's 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 kind of different it's that thing of like am i letting the kid down i'm also am I letting the kid down by allowing this sort of thing into our lives and stuff but i'm glad the horror you know you'll only stick around for the horror on page page 26 kids there's 26 yeah. pages of story in this issue <laughs> if you're enjoying the ride up to then and and so hopefully that the humor is doing the heavy lifting for that side of things uh well, and let uh, me I ask you um oh go ahead Justin. Uh, uh, sorry. Uh, how uh, how does this shape out as a, as a, are you creating uh, the Scooby Doo gang as you call them for many mysteries or is this just a, a one one mystery look? It's I mean, that's that's all depends on you the buying public doesn't it? I mean that's it's it's it would, like I think when I pitched it it would have been it was definitely envisioned as I wanted it to be a bit more episodic. I would love to have sort of seen them come across maybe more inconsequential uh, happenings. And for it to be, you know, if not monster of the week, you know, but something a bit like it, because it was more about the characters and you kind of want to hang out with them and see them like mess up. Uh, but, you know, because of the nature of the industry and also, you know, you're just happy to be making a comic. So if they say you've got four issues to tell your story, you will make sure you can tell a story in those four issues. So there's a beginning, middle and end to this. But that end doesn't that is not the end. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I would yeah. I would very much like to see mm-hmm. like the very last well, the very last two pages of issue four uh like sort of set two stories kind of off you know you think all the doors are closed and then you're like oh so um and you know one's on the home front and one's on the supernatural front so that's that's like Ooh, right. four. uh yeah I, I, yeah i yeah i really wanted to I, like i was just talking to my editor tonight and then, like in that email i said i i want scarenthood to be my full-time job you know like it's it's uh yeah. i'd love to, i'd love to be able to sort of like us have a schedule and there to be demand enough that you know we can do it because i think uh the, the buzz has been pretty good. People seem to have reacted like nicely to it, and that's that's comforting because, uh, you know, like my my stuff has been Transformers and superheroes, you know. So kind of when you're doing slice of life supernatural and the Irish set as well, I never thought like an Irish an American company would you know publish, you know, basically my 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 crappy you know mundane life, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they will suckers. Thanks, IDW. Yeah, got them. <laughs> Well, uh, speaking of IDW, I mean, we're big of Lock and Key, and clearly IDW yeah. has a history of horror. Hey, I've got that, that same. Well other t- I got that same mug. Sorry, we're winking at each other there. Look, yeah, yeah. Just a, wow. <laughs> the mating glare is, is strong. Maybe it's just you. I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what my question was leading up to. Is do you have the same mug as Pete? And that's yeah, yeah, yeah. So Thanks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I mean, what made what made IDW the right publisher for, for this? Was it just that you were working with them on Transformers and other things, or was it specifically that history of horror that they have? I think it was. It was genuinely close to 50-50, to be honest. Like, just the honest truth. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I had a good working relationship with them. And, like, I think I felt that loyalty. I kind of wanted to sort of show it to them first. You know, so I figured there'd be a stronger chance by kind of going through the editors that I've had a relationship with. But, uh, you know, from talking to them at different levels, they're, they're not looking for the next lock and key, but they know that they have had success with that. And that, you know, that they kind of like, they, 
you know, they, they, they'd be happy to be associated with sort of kind of similar sort of stuff, I think. So, uh, so that's kind of been sent to me. So I think there was, there was kind of that too, because it is, it is, but it isn't, you know, it's sort of like, it's like, if you like lock and key, you will like this, but it's, they're very, they're very different. I mean, like, it's kind of, you know, like I I, I say like, it's it's, going to sound like a bad thing. It's not, but like Scare and Hood is a bit like lower budget in some way you know what i mean the stakes are kind of especially mm-hmm. in the first issue it's kind of you know we'll see where we get by volume three but like it's it's genuinely part of the selling point is the fact that it's every day do you know what i mean and it's well, and i think that that's, that's a nicer uh, maybe a better way to put it like because locking you. key is locking <laughs> thing is like budget. out of the gate it's like this creepy yeah. mansion yes. and and i feel like scaring <laughs> is very much possible like, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. This yeah. is gonna fuck these kids up, and yeah, you're yeah, sort of yeah, like, yeah. look, the regular world is what it is, and then you yeah. get later into the the witchy part. Well, what yeah, I yeah. like about this, uh, I mean, maybe you touched on this already, Justin, for the part where I was uh, completely god slash couldn't hear you guys. <laughs> Did but, you go- leave? Uh, I did for a little bit. Uh, the the monsters in the book do have this indication that something bigger is going on, which is nice. Yeah. And I like the fact that I know there's very much skirting spoilers, but what I like about the first issue is you're reading it. And like Justin was talking about, like you guys were talking about before, there's a nice uh, feeling of, oh, okay, I'm getting to know these characters, but we read a lot of first issues. And I feel like a yeah. lot of the time you would read a first issue like this, it would be like setting up the parents and then the last page is like, and there's a ghost, but that's not <laughs> what happens here. You layer you sure? at least three <laughs> increasingly <laughs> weird things. Yeah. There, there is well, there little yeah. mini set pieces that kind of, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I did want that to be the case because that's kind of first issue 101 that you kind of described, isn't it? You know, and you kind of want to show a little bit more than the ankle, I think, in the first issue, I think, mm-hmm. especially if you only have four, you know, so yeah. uh, I kind of wanted it to be, and it's very uh, deliberate that those things that happen only happen to specific characters and those things mm-hmm. are maybe unseen by other characters and stuff, you know, so it's kind of, you want to set that dynamic up as well. But no, you'll definitely, you'll definitely get... Uh, yeah, there is more than just like, oh yeah, oh by the way, uh, ghosties at the, <laughs> on the last page. So there is that reminder on the last page. That's a spoiler too. But you know, it's kind of. But even that's another level of what we know has come before. It's like it's a reveal of like, oh, uh, this has reached another character that we didn't expect it to. So uh, yeah, um, yeah, and it's first issue. It's 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 an art. I'm not saying I've, I've mastered it or come close to it, but it's it's something you have to get right, isn't it? A first issue, like you said, you guys, mm-hmm. you do the first issue thing every week do you know and yeah, yeah. Uh, you kind of know when you're sort of going okay <laughs> you know like yeah. issue too. <laughs> you know so yeah uh maybe you cover this already when did the title scare and hood come up i didn't cover it already uh, quite late in the day all the original pitch documents mm-hmm. have a different title on it uh, and it was awful. <laughs> yeah. And and like luckily, I, I got the right title before I kind of sent it to IDW. But like all the, the file names have, and to the point that I don't even want to share. <laughs> yeah, no, I can tell you're not. I can tell you're not saying it. Uh, no, no, it's, 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 it's not. Did, it's not terrible. I'm across- like, oh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just wondering how you uh, finally came up with Scarenhood because it's a great title. Well, it rhymes with parenthood. I don't know. That's I don't know. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, 
Uh, yeah, it was. I, I wish I could so say you're it was scared like, of parents. Is that basically? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> my, both my parents are dead, so I'm just afraid that they're going to sort of like you oh, know no, come yeah. straight for me any day, like you know. So it's kind of uh, no. They, I could do with the babysitter, even if they're spectral uh, babysitters. I'd like them to sort of, kind of <laughs> yeah. show up once in a while. Um, that's what we, we talk. We talk about that in family gatherings and stuff like that. You know, sort of saying. Uh, you know, if you could ask your mom something, what you would just do and stuff. I'll just, just get the Ouija board out and ask her, like, you know, like where where did she leave the jar of pickles and stuff before she died? But the, uh, <laughs> scaring her, the, yeah, I wish it, uh, it, it, it did just kind of come to me. It was just by just kind of, just kind of the whole letting your mind go blank. And just because you're sort of like, this title I have is not going to work. Yeah. And I'm trying to kind of, there, like, there was even stuff like you know you're trying to write school run and then you come up with ghoul run and you're like mm. <sighs> and so you know you okay. kind of you know that's kind of that's kind of what you want but that's not it we just had a baby as well and we're in the similar situation with trying to name her she, she was only born a week ago but she's still nameless oh, <laughs> because wow. we're like gotta get it oh, right wow. um, yeah so uh, so she, she's a tax she's a tax write-off but well, this is it she's a tax write-off because she's gonna <laughs> more research for you know the next sort of series and stuff but it's kind of, uh, so no I, there was no no deliberate thing but i to the point that it doesn't even feel like i worked hard to come up with it it just came to me when there was nothing left and so that's why i can agree with you and say yeah, it is a good title and it's it's you know it's not doing the heavy lifting but it's it's helping get the foot in the door for sure you know it's a yeah. it's a title that works i think you know i honestly don't sure. think that the other title would have kind of I, I, I honestly don't think we'd be we'd be here tonight talking now if the other title. We'd be like, oh, <laughs> oh man, we'd a book called that. I remember Brian Michael Bendis years ago in, in an interview saying that he doesn't. When people sort of say, "What was your, you know, what was your worst issue or what what bit did you hate?" and he says, "I never tell people." He says, "I make mistakes, but I'm not going to tell you what they are because then you're going to go, yeah, you're right." <laughs> do you know? Yeah, so right. It's, that's that's, that's the way to do it. one thing from Bendis. Yeah, that and overclogging my panels with speech balloons. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Those are my tricks. Those are the takeaways. Uh, well, yeah. Nick, the book is great. Uh, congratulations oh, on it. Thank you so much, to man. You. Yeah. Thanks for yeah, staying up late fun. for this. No, it was Appreciate well worth it. It, it was yeah. oh, so worth it. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. This, what, this, this didn't used to be late, you know, but when you're kind of <laughs> the owner-operator of three children, it, it, it starts to wear it's, on you, you know? Certainly. And I look forward to meeting... Here on the, I look forward to meeting oh, little baby tax, little baby tax right off Roche. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, I know. It's a little uh, little baby ching ching. Uh, yeah. So um, yeah, I hope it goes well, guys. Thank you so much for having me. It was a really really fun uh, chat. Oh, nice. Thank yeah, you. Pleasure. Thanks, Nick. Good, good luck fun. with the book. No worries. I'll spread the word. Night. Take it easy, guys. Yeah. Bye. Later. All right. Uh, once Aww. again, Nick Roche. The book is called Scare Into It. It's out from IDW issue one tomorrow, and that is very cool. Uh, uh, it's good for. Oh, yes, go ahead, Pete. I was no, just, no. I was going to say, and it's also in the going to be in the stack tomorrow. Look at Pete doing the business. What? Doing the yeah. side wow. thing. And we are going to rip it to shreds. Just like <laughs> yeah. completely oh. eviscerate it. We've been lying. This is, No, it's actually a really good book, and you yeah, should all book. check it out. Um, so there you go. Uh, let's see if these sound keys work, and then cut me out again, because it's time for our next section, which is your audience questions. Yeah, that that sounds better? All right. For your audience questions, very simple. All you got to do is ask a question. I see a bunch of people over here on Crowdcast have already dropped in and asked a question. If you're over on the tube, the old YouTube, drop a question in the comments. We're keeping an eye on that. Also, uh, give us a little thumbs up over there. Mm-hmm. Traveling along. Yeah, you like that? There we'll we go. Uh, yeah, leave us a question there, and we would love to get to it. But let's get to the first one here well, on first- Crowdcast. 
first off, oh. what are you drinking? And also, What's it's nice to have drinking? the music back because, you know, we didn't get it at the beginning. Wow. Pete, just lobbing light criticism of Alex. <laughs> yeah, just a little, little light sprinkling. Oh, All right. Well, what are you drinking, Pete? Uh, uh, paint thinner or something? Yes. <laughs> I'm glad you asked. Um, so I'm drinking a little leftover uh, from Saturday, a little uh, yeah. champagne and mango juice. So. Old champagne. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Pete, uh, you never keeps. know. It still, still keeps. keeps. Is there a bubble left in that champagne yeah, mango? Like one bubble. Fun fact. <laughs> I don't mind <laughs> flat stuff, so it's great. You don't mind flat stuff. Great. <laughs> flat tires. Cool. A good sidewalk. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing yeah. like a flat sidewalk, I tell you. Great. Uh, great. Uh, I can go. I- I'm drinking a. Uh, a six point resin here. Nice IPA. Very good. Good stuff. Uh, I usually get what you're about to talk about, but uh, a little sweet action. Is that what uh, you mean? Nice. Because we are yeah. look at us pushing the brand. Uh, I uh, right I'm glad, uh, Zalbin. You're not above scraping resin. You know what I mean. Some people mm-hmm. they think they're above it, but not Zalbs. He'll scrape the res. He doesn't care. I love when there's like a little resin on some at- asphalt, just nice and flat. That's how so I like it. You know what I'm talking about. Not I'm also drinking I'm a, a Dos Equis um, as the kicker. Well, you're double fisted. I haven't opened the other one yet. Oh, I'll okay. get to it. I usually drink that around audience questions because I like to get loose. All right. Mm. Uh, we got a great question here uh, to kick things off from Beer Cat PhD. What ludicrous comic takes would you tweet from your burner accounts? <laughs> Very uh, topical, do? and I love it. Hmm. Yeah, hmm. ludicrous uh, comic takes from your burner accounts. Um, hmm. uh, what the, I've had to create. Uh, this is a. It, no, I shouldn't say this, too, but I've had to create uh, – I worked on a bad TV show once, and we had to create uh, Twitter accounts to fake questions for that bad TV oh. show. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's hard to create a burner account because it's like oh, you want it to be, like, innocuous, but uh, – yeah, I'm an expert in burner accounts. Uh, innocuous, but also, like, real. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's tricky. It's stupid, but also decent. I do feel like this is probably uh, pulling back the curtain too much, but I do feel like most of the accounts we have for other podcasts are my burner accounts. <laughs> where it's kind of, honestly, where it's like putting on slightly different personalities based on the podcast to tweet through that stuff. Um, but uh, for comic burner account takes, Batman is overrated. How about that? Wow. Bold. Yeah. Wow. I don't know. But do you mean that? What is that? Did you just saying random shit? What do you think? That's what Twitter's for? <laughs> yeah. No, Twitter is for very specific, well thought out takes. We all know that. Um, no, I, I, think, I think I think like uh, there's too much focus on Batman. I love Batman. Batman is part of my DNA. We've read thousands, spent thousands of hours talking and thinking about Batman. But there's like a little too much Batman. I wish somebody else was more popular. Wow. Okay. How about that? Wow. Wow. That's harsh. Real. Bat- Batman's the mean girl. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I think what I would uh, put in my burner accounts is all the ask questions about the, all of the that I haven't read that I should have read at this point mm. in my life as a comic. <clears throat> all right. All right, Pete. What about you? I I don't know. I mean, I say crazy stuff as it yeah, exactly. is. Pete's so. a human burner account. <laughs> yeah, I don't know <laughs> what else I could Pete's do. Our burner account. <laughs> yeah, 
Um, but yeah, I don't know if you're wow. into Twitter. Good, you know, great for you, man. Wait, uh, first you stand up guy. Your burner account is shitting on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, here we got one from YouTube. Anthony Latch says, if you could name your newborn after any comic title, what would it be? Hmm. Uh, good question. Probably Fun Home. No, that's not. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I would go with Murder Falcon. Uh, Murder yes. Falcon. Yeah. That's, that's got to be on the top three name for a future LePage baby. Yep. Murder Falcon LePage. Murder LePage, I guess. You don't say it. <laughs> Murder LePage. We did, uh, for my daughter... We discussed going with Kitty for Kitty Pride, but then I felt kind of awkward about it. We didn't go. That, that. is the best choice you've ever made: is not naming your daughter. <laughs> yeah, I would have. That would have been so creepy. Because Especially of because how much of, you are sexually attracted to Kitty Pride. It just be, <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. Fucked up. It's weird. But <laughs> what are you talking about? Silver Sable Tyler. <laughs> oh, that was crazy. <laughs> Uh, uh, straight bullet. That's legit, man. That's that's legit. Wait, right? could you read off what it is for anybody listening <laughs> on our audio I name, podcast? He says I named my son Brooklyn Marvel. That's great. That's Nothing wrong name. with that. Brooklyn Marvel Absolutely. Bullet. That's a great name. Yeah, Brooklyn. Um, let's see. This D&D. is from uh, Jay Citizen. Uh, to correct my daggling mattifier from last week, you all talked about going on auditions for hosting jobs a while back. Did Justin really almost get on G four? What are those like? Um, I, uh, I booked a couple pilots, uh, for legit hosting gigs. Uh, one pilot for Fox that was going to be like a geek culture commentary. Do you want to get, uh, oiled up before you start all this flexing or are you just going to go right into it? I don't want to, I, I, I don't want I, you to hurt yourself. You know, I was on a show where I had to, um, get oiled up and pull a dollar bill out of a, um, sumo wrestler, um, a, uh, show called bots, some kind of botsu show back in like so long ago. And then I was the host of a show, a pilot for spike called, uh, uh, Mm, pop uh i forget what it was called actually <laughs> uh, but it was some kind of like pulp uh fiction pun and it was that one was the closest to going almost almost ha- made it hmm. so well but what was the uh, the question was what was the audition process like i mean you go um you uh audition you deliver is a-, a monologue like a classically trained actor that you are or how does that work very rarely do they want to hear your your favorite your Romeo uh, for a um, <laughs> pop culture TV commentary show. Weird. Uh, yeah, it is weird. Uh, no, you go and uh, they'll probably have you read. You read some copy, and then they'd say like, "All right, what is your favorite geek culture thing or whatever?" And then you just deliver it, and then maybe wow, would you go with? You would go with Starman. I, I don't remember. No, Starman's not known enough i think i think yeah, i would have said so you had to like dumb down your geek for the it's not like, dumbing down it's to sort of choosing your target like choose something that people actually know about so you don't so they can understand what you're saying mm-hmm. <laughs> is mm-hmm. yes battle toads <laughs> everybody knows battle toads croaking some toads. uh yeah there you go uh it's basically like any other audition you prepare a couple of things um question from pablo de martinez biden one thoughts <laughs> Biden won, Trump zero. Oh man. Let's hope that's the final score. Well, I don't know. It seems like the election's still in contention, right? As far as I've seen from the oh. news. <laughs> right, Pete? Pete, you want to comment on this one? Yeah. Um well 
Pablo, there is a political channel now in our Slack thread, so uh, you can go there for all your political uh, news. Because I, I haven't seen you in there much, Pete. Well, it's weird. It's almost like we started a comic book podcast slash talk show and then started getting into politics. Just give uh, us your hot take about the Biden victory real quick. You don't need to get into the slack minutia. Oh, okay. Uh, Yeah. You know, let's let's hope this old white guy is better than the last old white guy. Wow. (laughs) So so speak. So speak an old white guy. (laughs) Jesus. Um, I was obsessed with, uh, watching the election as it came down to the, I mean, for uh, years now, especially from Tuesday through Saturday, every night I was like on Twitter, this is the night let's get drunk. And it wasn't, but I still got drunk. And then Saturday morning it happened. Uh, it was, yeah, started drinking early on Saturday, man. Once that news broke, people were just getting loose it was great i mean it didn't have the same vibe as the obama victory because it was nighttime and everyone like all got to go crazy at the same time and felt like a a movement moment this was very much sort of a a meandering almost two-day celebration where in my neighborhood one woman was just walking around very calmly yelling joe biden is president which had very like town crier (laughs) vibes um, and then Sunday we were in Prospect Park and there would just be waves of applause and cheering every like 15 minutes, a full day and a half afterwards. Like it was it, it was great. You know, we walked around, I tear up when cars would go by honking horns. Like it was it's exciting. It was great. Yeah, uh, I ha- have a lot of friends because I used to live back in Park Slope. So they were tech- Whoa, <laughs> yeah, total flex. But first, total flex. I want to state that I have a lot of friends. Okay, no, <laughs> no doubt. I have no a doubt. lot of friends who live in Park Slope. That's what oh, the sentence was supposed to be. Was. Okay, all right. And they were texting, being like, everybody's going wild in the streets over here. And I was like, yeah, ran to the window, stuck my head out the window here in Sunset Park. And I was like, huh? Huh? No? All right, nobody's doing anything? Aww. Okay, there we go. Um, but yeah, it, it was great. It was good. And, uh, I watched the, uh, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden speech with the kids yes. later. Um, loved the getting excited about the drone show. That was very cute. Um, uh, so yeah, I, for, for a second, I was like, man, those fireworks are slow. Oh, those uh, are drones. Oh, those are drones. Okay. I'm an adult. I, I'd just like to say West Philly was pretty lit. Like we, we there was so much noise we kind of were like drawn to go outside and there was like down a couple streets is kind of like this central uh uh kind of like there's a park and then like a big restaurant and so like everybody was just dancing in the streets at this one traffic light and there was like a live band and it all happened very quickly but it was a lot of fun yeah that's nice uh, let's jump over to YouTube again. This is from Nelson Martinez. Which character from season one of Mandalorian are you looking forward to seeing more this season? Give me some more Cara Dune. Come on, Pete. It's uh, come on, come on. Uh, no, good. Um, yeah, I mean, th- we got to talk about this latest Mando app. Um, a lot of stuff goes down, but uh, you know, p- poor frog lady, man. You know, well, who are you? Le- that wasn't the question, though. Without getting into spoilers from Mandalorian, <laughs> what character from season one are you looking forward to seeing back? I'll tell you what. I want to get I a am- look at this baby Yoda. 
Yeah, get what is he coming back? Let's see more about this guy. What about this Mandalorian? <laughs> I want to see what's under his helmet. I want more uh, Carl Weathers is what I uh, Given that, not to uh, get too strong with my language, Gita Corretto has been a piece of shit on Twitter. I'm really not looking forward to Carl Dude at all. Yeah. At all in the show. But Carl Weathers, he directed an episode. That'll be fun to see him say. Yeah. Matt, that'll, be cool. Karga. that'll be good. Yeah. Great. <laughs> That's it. All right. Come on. Uh, That's it. I I don't want to get into you know like you said spoilers for what's happening, but I I don't know, man. I think it it does well moving past stuff, so I don't want to te- see too much stuff I've seen already. Uh, but the, the fact that you know the Mandalorians did get together and kind of fight was exciting. So I'm hoping he finds his people again. We can have some more stuff like that, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Also, I hope Jason Sudeikis gets to come back and, uh, you know, uh, punch Baby Yoda a little bit. I know it's not Baby Yoda, Alex, but, you know, that's what we're calling Baby Yoda. So, you know. No, no, no. He's uh, season two. He's season two is what he is. Okay. Uh, I'd love to see young Anakin Skywalker pop in. Oh, that would be fun. No, no. I'll tell you what. There's a couple of questions about uh, spoilers for Mandalorian. Uh, We'll talk about those on our Week in Geek podcast. We'll leave it off here. So patreon.com slash comic book club if you want that sweet (laughs) exclusive content. Edward Doherty says, in the early 90s, the comic industry made an effort to shift from newsstands and being a disposable media to a more collectible product with variant covers, other marketing gimmick, and higher price points. Hypothetically speaking, do you think comics as an art form would have benefited from remaining a cheap and accessible media? 30 years later, is the general improved quality of comic art and production more important than the wider range of creators, voices, and stories that potentially would have risen if comics had remained in newsstands and read by more people? Great question. I mean, that's tough to answer. I mean, the heart of what you're going at is, yes, it would have been amazing if we could have had a wider uh, kind of uh, quilt of different people creating and writing comics. We would have had more uh, stuff, which would have been cool. But uh, comics you went said a, through. You said a quilt. Yeah, you know, like a quilt. I got you. Different mm-hmm. people coming together kind of makes a quilt. Um, yeah, but sure. I, comics kind of had such highs and lows that, you know, unfortunately, the money became like a thing. People, Marvel had to sell off stuff. So it got kind of rough uh, for a while. So, but I do think holding up uh, comics as an art form is important. And I know I tried to hold it up like that. And I think it's one of those things where uh, obviously the more people you have, the more kind of great stories you can tell. So that would have been amazing. But uh, yeah, it would have been nice if by now uh, comics would be more heralded as a art form. I want to take it back to the newsstand days. I think uh, I wish comics were lower quality on lower quality paper, uh, at least like getting those getting books that are more available at, at gas stations at like when I bought my first comics, they were at a spinner rack at a gas station in the legit middle of nowhere. There was nothing there. And they had a spinner rack of comments, comics that updated uh, not on a weekly basis by any means, but monthly and it was so exciting to be able to walk in and get that. And I think that's why comics have moved away so hard from kids, because the access and price just isn't isn't happening. 
I think uh, this is to get into the part of the question we haven't talked about in terms of diversity. Kevin brings this up here in the comments again. But was the newsstand model really good for diversity of voices? The change to dedicated shops has allowed for so many more titles. I think it's both, right? Uh, The monthly comics are too expensive, I think, across the board. This is not just me being an angry old man shouting at the clouds, but you think about, like, the amount of money. I I often think about it as the amount of money you're paying for time, right? Like, you think about a video game, you're paying 40, 50, 60 bucks, but you're also getting usually 20, 30, 40 hours of entertainment. Same with a movie. That's kind of pushing the line, at least when theaters were open. But when you're talking yeah. about like, yeah, like two hours of entertainment. For... <laughs> right. Yeah. So, but a comic is even worse because you're paying four to five bucks for something that, unless it's really good and you're constantly revisiting it, it's going to be what, five, 10, maybe 15 minutes of entertainment if we're really pushing it. And with most mainstream comics, there's not a lot going on in an individual issue, so you're blasting through it really quickly. So, to that end, I do think something like that, there should be that more accessible, cheaper option that has the amount of time to the amount of money ratio correct. But then you could also have, to Kevin's point, Things that are graphic novels, things that are books, things that are higher end and printed better with more of a diversity of voices uh, that hopefully can end up in uh, comic book shops. Actually, let me correct that. Let me back off for that a bit, because I think if there were more comics available more widely, you'd be able to hire more people. So that's not necessarily going to cut down of diversity in voices. Like, you're not going to have the same white guys writing the same comics if there are 300 of them going to gas stations a month. Just by the very nature of society and progress moving forward, it is going to widen out those voices as well. I don't think one necessarily equals the other. Personally. I think yeah. uh, First Hand Up Guy brings up a good point. Like, you know, adults pay $5, children pay $1, you know, type of thing. That would be kind of cool. That'd be great. I could see myself shaving my uh, little beard here and putting on a beanie hat. And you're not going to pass. You're not going to pass. Uh, I think. Come on, look at this T-shirt. I'm a child. Yeah, like, but just because you still wear a child-sized T-shirt doesn't. Mean what makes a child but a, a child's large T-shirt? I don't think you. <laughs> this is upsetting me because you have children. Yes, and I am on their level in most ways. <laughs> So, uh, sorry, I, I just want to keep adding on to this because I think this is a good discussion. Uh, first head up guy, who is a spoiler, Nat here, brings up oh. that. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> what a, uh, when I think about the amount of time. Spoiler that, was, that was. God like dang the, it. Uh, when I think about the amount of time uh, going into Wasted drawing on comic, that? he's correct. Okay. Like, it's not I'm, what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that paying four or five bucks is it worth it for the product you're getting? I'm just talking about the time that you get out of it, you know, which regardless of what you're going to do, I I will speak for myself. I don't want to speak for anybody else, but I do not sit there with every single comic we read. And we read, I would say conservatively 30 to 40 comics a week going every panel. Wow. Look at this composition. Wow. Look at it. Like I'm looking through an art museum. Is that derogatory towards the artist, the amount of time they're putting into it? Probably. Yeah, you dick. But that's also not how I'm reading those books, and I don't think that's how many most people are reading those books. So it's not yeah. about They're not designed to be read that way. writers. I think we absolutely should. Yeah, exactly. 
Yes. They're designed to be read. Shorter way of saying what I was saying. Yeah, they're designed <laughs> to be read. They're not designed to be hung up, each panel hung up on a museum yeah. wall. But I think there's just room in the market for both things. We can keep the comic, the direct market and all that as it is. And then you have your spinner rack comics that are uh, this different quality and meant to be like uh, diverse voices bringing new characters and new titles to people who like can discover it alongside uh, everyone else who wants to read it because they've known it for years. Uh, again, Nat brings up a point here. He says, also, you guys host a comic book show, so maybe your reading habits are a bit more efficiency-focused. I would be curious to hear from everybody how they read and how much time they spend on a comic, because, sure, yeah, I'm trying <laughs> to spent, slam through everything as quickly as possible. I, I Blaze through a PDF 10 minutes before we have to record? Not, my, <laughs> not me. No, I, I wanted to say, before we started doing the show, I really would take my time and enjoy a comic a lot more than I do now. Um, so I think there is. Now you hate comics. No, yeah, I don't hate, hate comics, but I don't kind of. I don't get to kind of like sit with them and enjoy them as much as I used to. Interesting. I mean, I slam through everything as quickly as possible. I wear watch TV shows at double speed too. Got to get through that stuff. I, I got to get to believe- the end of entertainment so that I can go back. That makes me mad that people are listening to us double speed right now. You know, like they're not really enjoying our nuance back and forth. They're just getting. This was a discussion in our Patreon Slack that apparently a lot of people are listening to our podcast double speed. So I'll tell you what, from now on, we're going to talk half speed. How do I interrupt at a slower (laughs) down? Um, I will say I don't like listening to things at double speed, but I did uh, by accident. I was like, oh, I can still hear everything that's happening. (laughs) (laughs) I I, honestly, I do that with TV shows sometimes just for work, just because I got to get through stuff. I watched you. uh, I watched four episodes of Fear the Walking Dead and Walking Dead World Beyond today in like an hour. Because it's like, I just got... <laughs> Yo, that's fucked up. That's fucked up, man. That's not cool. They were You're very the good. Worst. You're the worst. <laughs> were they? How was the shock yeah, composition? Yeah, yeah. How was the shock composition? Oh, it was pretty good. Um, oh, this is a question uh, from John Dorsey on YouTube. Gents, who are your three favorite comic book writers? Ooh. Ooh, each Top of our three? three? Or we could just quickly Nine come up with total. a list. Yeah, a oh, quick sure, list. Man. I mean, I'll tell you, I, I know this is we talk about lock and key all the time, but I really will read anything that Joe Hill writes uh, comic yeah. wise just because I trust him for that. Justin, you got one? Um, <clears throat> oof, it's tough to I feel like I read comics in such eras like and yeah. I think different writers, artists, I feel like can maintain over a longer period of time with writers sort of rise and to prominence and fade um, a lot. Uh, so. Maybe I'm stalling, but it's hard to think of someone who has really <clears throat> withstood the test of time um, in that same way. Um, let me think for a second. Oh, wow. Someone put Hickman in their top three. Ben, the Border Collie, hard disagree on that I mean, one. Uh, but I think, I mean, that's a good list. Uh, Hickman, Brian K. Vaughn, uh, Kieran Gillen, uh, all great writers. Um, I would put Hickman up there as someone who, like, I read all of those new books because, if nothing else, there's, like, a wild take and a super original detailed thing happening, uh, no matter what it is. Pete, what about you? Garth well, Ennis, maybe? 
Yeah, Garth Ennis is definitely up there. Um, it also depends on moods, you know what I mean? But like Greg Pak, um, there's a lot of different stuff that is uh, like Aaron. Uh, Aaron, what am I? Why am I blanking on uh, Jason Aaron? Uh, does mm-hmm. a lot of great stuff. Um, there's tons of people that I'm, you know, Brian K. Vaughn is definitely up there. Uh, but it's hard. I mean, to, uh, a top three is tough. Uh, and also I'm very art driven too. Um, I'm very drawn yeah. to stuff depending on what artist is, you know, right now I'm like stalking, uh, Chris, I, I think it's Baccio, how you pronounce it. On, Bachelo on Twitter, like every time he does a new drawing, I'm like, 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 unbelievable. Nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, you know, it also, you know, but it's just one of those things where like, yeah, I hear you, Nat, you can't disagree with somebody's, disagree with somebody's top, that's their opinion. I hear you. I just saw it and was like, oh, I disagree because we're talking and that's how conversations work. <laughs> okay, but, okay. okay. Uh, I just think that like, it really depends on the kind of mood you're in, you know, because, yeah, I see uh, Adrian Moreland was like uh, Jeff Lemire and Jeff Lemire definitely. But sometimes I'm not in that Jeff mood. I'm not into the kind of weird. I want something a little bit more straightforward. So, you know, it's like a rom-com, you know, you you, you have your go-tos, but sometimes you want something a little different depending on what you're oh, going through. Oh, he's bringing it back to rom-coms. Let me throw out a couple of names we haven't, we don't talk about a lot. Uh, Mark Russell. I've been really into uh, comedy mm. in comics, I feel like uh, lately in the past couple mm. months. Yeah. Um, Dugan, the writer, uh, Dugan, the writer of Spy Island, the book we've been reading lately, oh, I think yeah. is really, uh, really good. Um, I feel like that's been uh, something I've been into. Uh, I'll also throw out there, uh, this is kind of a newer name, but Marika Tabaki is mm-hmm. fantastic. Uh, her stuff has been so, so good. Pretty much everything out of the gate. Mm-hmm. Um, are great. So, so there you go. Uh, let's go over to Crowdcast. This is from First Hand Up Guy. When Pete finally runs out of Robin Williams movies, could he do comedians appearing in comic book movies as a secret category or just do James Marsden? <laughs> All right. Thank you for that feedback. Cool. I'll, I'll think about it. Yeah, Pete, can you give us sort of the heat check on when, um, when you're going to make a move? We're running dangerously low. Dangerously. Um, Great. So this week, tonight? Well, not tonight, no. Um, Here, I got a couple more comments from YouTube. This one was from Bradlin. This is real dark. Uh, Greetings from Peru, where we are having an actual coup. Hope you don't go through one, too. Uh, Thank you, Bradlin. That's uh, terrifying, but true. Good luck out there. Um, Yeah. Fight the good fight. Uh, Lion Man says, Alex, when is WandaVision coming to Disney Plus? Uh, great question. Pete, Justin, don't answer this one. Okay, uh, great. This Perfect. is just for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we don't know. Uh, I, it's going to be. De- relax. Oh, it's going nice to be December. My suspicion is they're going to put it up the week after Bando ends, so probably right at the end of December, after maybe on Christmas. Because I think Mando ends at like December eighteenth or something like that. Um, they haven't specifically said they did. They had a big article in EW, uh, and they didn't release a date in that either. There were rumors that it was coming out of Thanksgiving, which seemed weird. It was part of like the source code on the One Division page on Disney Plus. But my guess is Ooh. end of December. I uh, they're going to put up 
uh, at Falcon Soldier, Soldier, uh, Straight Bullet Actor in the Cops. Yeah, that's out next year. They did film it. They went back to filming with COVID protocols in place. Uh, so that should be done. Uh, wild news. I didn't even realize this. Shang-Chi apparently not only was filming, but finished filming. Oh, yeah. which is crazy. That is uh, crazy. So next year is going to be like nonstop Marvel just because they have yeah! everything. Just We just got to make it up. the next year, man. Just got to make it. And we got to get some theaters open uh, and some there's some, some issues that some things that need to happen. But I do think it's even going to be crazier, especially with COVID being what it is now. It means like spring into summer might be just crazy. Just yeah. every day. New movie. Oh, uh, I can't wait. Uh, just, quit your uh, jobs want, and go to the movies. Here's what I want. I want those Biden celebration drones to fly around the country, shooting vaccines into everybody. And then we could all go see Marvel movies every week. Let's do it. Yeah, that's like a fun Black Mirror (laughs) (laughs) where the drone shoots you with the cure. Oh, boy. This is also from First Hand Off The new Netflix series Queen's Gambit features a scene set in 1963 with a spitter rack in the background containing comics from the 90s. Oh, boy. Uh, What are your favorite great, terrible depictions of comics, comic shops, comic culture in movies? Uh. I mean, just out of the gate, I feel like anytime someone is reading a comic book in a movie and it's like an actual comic book and not something they faked, it's always the worst comic book. It's always someone that it was just like, quick, we need a comic book. And the art department grabs the, the fastest one they can get their hands on. It's very rarely like, look at this pointed choice. Or, I mean, you know, there was stuff in like Deadly Class where they kind of like, you know, showed a cool comic book shop and had like shots of good comics. Well, I mean, yeah. that's different because you had Rick Remender pouring over every single piece of that, making sure it feels authentic. But to Justin's uh, point, re- well, often- real quick, real quick on deadly class. Did you see Rick Remender posts on Twitter? It's like the number one show in like Austria or something. It's yeah. Like, yeah. It's like crushing on Netflix in uh, like middle or Eastern Europe. It's great. Yeah. Number seven in the world says Ben, the border collie wild. Man, that is wild. Uh, this is also probably a good tee up to tease that in December we're going to have Rick Remender on this very show. What? Yeah. Yeah, so that should be pretty oh, awesome. No. Yeah. Oh, no. It's going to yeah, be a December deep. to Remender. Oh, no. It's great. We're going to be talking about the uh, anniversary of Frank and Castle. So Don't you dare bring that up. <laughs> Don't you fucking no, that's, dare. That's what no, he's I'll... coming back on to do it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, Pete, we got in we, a fight one time. Well, not like a fight, but like we were yelling back and forth a little bit at a Comic Con one time. It, oh, I remember. Yeah, yeah it we was a problem. Oh, I remember that. That it was, was bad. a problem for everyone. <laughs> it was a bad time. Oh man! Uh, uh, wow, Pablo, December to remember. Uh, that's I uh, said that joke, Alex. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you motherfucker! <laughs> I was shouting it over your nonsense. <laughs> Oh, great. We got a bunch more here on YouTube. Uh, Line Man says, any thoughts on Ken Spears, the co-creator of cartoon series Scooby-Doo dying? Pete, you're the resident Scooby-Doo fan. Any thoughts about Ken Ooh. Spears? Yeah, that's rough. I mean, Scooby-Doo, uh, classic. I mean, they had amazing shows, uh, fantastic content for years, and was very inclusive. Like, uh, first time I knew about the Harlem Globetrotters was because of Scooby-Doo. And I got really into the Harlem Globetrotters, man. Like, you know. 
Oh, Pete, you never fail. You never fail. <laughs> Topical comic news. <laughs> it was a real. It was like the Tonight Show of its time. Yeah, it was. Come on, and yeah. I mean, we are literally making fun of you and laughing, but I will say I did learn, like, I didn't know much about Jonathan Winters until I saw you on Scooby-Doo every couple of weeks. Oh, it's great. That was Robin Uh, Williams' inspiration. From the Harlem Globetrotters to Jonathan Winters, truly, (laughs) Scooby-Doo brought us representation on screen. Thank uh, you for that question. The great question. I was um, my wife's cousin. We were um, at a family event a while ago, and out of nowhere, late night, everyone up drinking. He was like, "Yeah," and I just um, found out that my dad's sister was Velma. What was the voice of Velma? I was like, "What? Wow. You didn't know that your whole life?" And he was like, "No, she just he uh, he always wondered why he had a, there was a framed picture of cell from Scooby Doo in their house because his parents are like pretty straight laced, not into cartoons." And he finally asked them, he's like, "Yeah, your aunt's one of those people in that." And he's like, "My aunt's Velma? That's amazing!" <laughs> yeah, crazy. Well. Uh, We got a question here from Kevin on Crowdcast. If you were given a chance to create and write comics, what aspect of your life to this point do you think would in some way, shape or form most influence the stories you tell? Whoa. Uh, I have to say some college writing courses that I took would probably influence uh, (laughs) how I tell some stories. But I would uh, say seeing the Harlem Globetrotters on (laughs) Scooby-Doo. Yeah. (laughs) It's the first time I saw myself represented on screen. Yeah, I'd want every uh, (laughs) every comic to be a squish. (laughs) Uh, No, I I actually think uh, what Nick Roche earlier in the show was talking about was uh, really smart, just pulling on his experience as a parent is something that like, that is the major mode that I am in particularly now that we're in quarantine several months in almost every hour of the day. It's figuring out how to balance my children's needs when they're fighting, when they're playing together, what they're doing with everything that's going on in my life. Like that's the main thing that I'm thinking about. So there would be no way to not pull on that in some sort of fiction. I don't know about uh, you guys. I would. Uh, uh, I'm in a very similar boat to Alex, I think. Um, but I would go in the opposite way. I feel like I want to, when I have a minute to do anything creative, I'm going to write about anything at but um, yeah. taking care of my children <laughs> because I, it truly, especially under COVID, it has been all consuming. Um, and so, finally, when I have that chance, I'm just like, oh, let me get out of this headspace and into another space um, mm. to write I, in that world. And kind of along those lines, I would just probably pull stories from my childhood and stuff like that. Uh, I think that would be a fun to kind of retell those in a fun yeah. comic way. Uh, moving over to YouTube, this is from Nelson Martinez. Have you guys checked out any new animated shows that have recently come out? Highly recommend Blood of Zeus on Netflix. Greek oh, mythology anime with Arthur reminds me of Avatar. Really good, is what he says. Ooh. It also uh, stars... Oh my gosh, I'm blanking on her name. Uh, she was in Iron Fist, the good part of Iron Fist. Actress, I'm blanking. Pete, I'm looking at you. Yeah, I know you're looking at me, but I don't know her, her oh, name. Okay. But she's fantastic. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, she's great. She's on the show. Uh, I 
a uh, we finished Avatar with the kids and started watching Korra. Which I'll tell you, what, I liked Korra the first time. I think a little more than other people, but I like it so much better the second time through. Particularly watching it pick up right after Avatar, the themes that it picks up on, the danger, the villains. It's very interesting watching that. Uh, right after you finish the end of Avatar versus having the break there. Uh, Jessica Henwick, uh, Pablo says, yes, that's who I was thinking of. Uh, but Core is great. It's really good. It really holds up on a second watch. Uh Love Cora. I've been watching Primal on HBO Max, which is great. Oh um, man, current animated stuff. What what episode? You all the way through? What's up? Ah, uh, like four or five in. I've been watching them very casually. Okay, um, all right. Well, they, they're very good. There's a couple that are like really freaky and crazy, man. They're oh like yeah, really intense. What I it's just the environments the that you get into the snow. And no dialogue. Episode. It's I know. very it's badass. Really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um. I I'm I'm excited now because of that question. I'm gonna check out the Zeus thing. I've seen it like that. That's Netflix keeps telling me I should be watching it, and I'm like, "Fuck you, Netflix!" But maybe I should listen. Huh? Uh, got a question here. Yeah, fuck you, Netflix. Uh, We got a question here for Ben the Border Collie. Is anyone else thinking way too much about the Miles Morales game coming out in twenty eight point five hours? <laughs> uh, tell you what, I don't have a PS5, so it's not really top of mind. Oh right man! Wow, Alex! Wow, uh, I Come know on, what he man. wants for the holidays. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, I got a Nintendo, so I, you know. Uh, first Dead Up guy says, is it not coming out for the PS4? I also don't have a PS4. It is. It is coming out for the there PS4. There you go. If it's, uh, if it's for Wii U, is it coming out for Wii U? Because I have one of those. I also have an NES. Yeah, it's coming out, I believe, on the original NES, PS5, okay. and um, the I, uh, DigiPet and your DigiPet <laughs> release. It's coming out on Tamagotchi. That's yeah. Uh, I just want to address what one of the questions here. Does Pete get angry at the GPS for telling what I get mad at anything uh, for telling me what to do? So yes, yes, I do. Rerouting, uh, rerouting. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, over to the tube again. This is from Andrew Edge with the news of Johnny Depp being removed from the Fantastic Beast sequel. Are there any actors you think should be removed from any comic book movies? E.g., Ezra Miller. Uh, yes, I agree. Ezra Miller should be removed from the Flash, and also Fantastic Beasts, and also they should remove J.K. Rowling, and maybe I'm just going to throw this out there: just remove Fantastic Beasts. Just don't do it. Oh. Nobody... No, oh, I love oh. the Fantastic Beasts movies. I'm Pete. I don't. Nobody I, likes them. Just, Nobody likes Fantastic we're canceling Beasts. Canceling a whole movie. I, I don't They're know. not good. Uh, first in up guy says, get Gina Carano out of there. No, I think put her in fantastic beasts. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, I've never really gotten into fantastic beasts, but it sounds like most of the cast is <laughs> problematic. Oh man. Yeah. I mean, you got JK Rowling is not great. You got, uh, Johnny Depp is out. The rumor Wait, is he's Dan Fogler really- is great. He was on our show. Dan Fogler is great. Dan Fogler is very good. Uh, Eddie Redmayne problematic, uh, as well. Very sort of J.K. Rowling, which is weird. Uh, but they just talked about uh, this uh, came up uh, recently, uh, actually right before the show. Mads Michelson might replace Johnny Depp as the bad guy in Fantastic Beast. That and I was like, oh, that sounds great. And then I remembered three seconds later that I did not like any of the Fantastic Beast movies. But he's yeah. awesome. Have not watched. 
Mm. They're uh, they're no good. Uh, and they're long, go- too. Uh, I, I'm just going to throw this out here. I think uh, First Hand Up Guy has one of the most horrible questions we've ever gotten. If Why? you guys want to see he it. He puts me- like 18 questions, so you don't have to read them all. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm not going to read it. Uh, just if, if people want me to read it, uh, let me know, uh, because it's uh, truly <laughs> terrible. Don't read it. Don't read it. Uh, but here, this is uh, from Eduardo. Have you read a comic that has made you want to visit a real-world setting is based on or takes place in? If so, what was it? Yes, dreaming of a post-pandemic world. Ah, great. Being able to travel and go places. Oh, man. Um, <clears throat> I mean, the- I tell you what. Blue Beetle made me want to go to like uh, New Mexico and Albuquerque and stuff like that because like, the, the drawings of those like landscapes and stuff like that was really beautiful and made me miss it. And it's funny you say that. Um, I was going to say similarly, um, Jeff Lowe and X Force, where they were also in the Pacific or sort of the Southwest, uh, also made me want to go there. Hmm. Uh, reading Spider-Man really made me want to go to New York. Oh, huh. yeah. Those dreams. Swim, web slinging. Um, <laughs> Too bad uh, one, of the most, one of the most vivid uh, sort of places, Lovecraft from um, Lock and Key. And oh, the yeah. fact that but even from the comic before it became the TV show, I was like, oh, that feels so real. Because you could tell the, that uh, Gabriel Rodriguez was drawing actual places. Yeah. And, oh my God, I'm blanking on where they filmed it. It's in northern Canada on the easternmost part. Is it Newfoundland? Nova, Newfoundland. Nova I think, Scotia. Nova Scotia, I think is what it Nova was. Nova Scotia, that's what I meant. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the town they filmed it in, I legitimately like looked and priced out vacations to go there because Ooh. it's so gorgeous, that town. I know it's not exactly from a comic, but definitely like watching that series, I was like, oh, this place is great. Yeah. It's very nice. Uh, yeah, uh, summer uh, or winter, Nova Scotia, lovely. Uh, yeah, and uh, I Scotia think, fans. unless we want to read this uh, question. No, no, we don't. Quit teasing no. it. Yeah, stop. Yeah. Oh, I think you removed the question. Smart. Oh, <laughs> uh, Nat. Nat, you removed the question. Uh, there you go. That's it for your audience questions, everybody. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, we, we we got one more. One late-breaking question. Let's see what this is. Late-breaking. That came out. Uh, first-hand up guy says, what's the worst question? Uh, the worst question. <laughs> see, asking this one word question uh, because it's a reference to what we asked. I think you can figure out, uh, based on the syntax of the question, what's the worst question? That is the answer to the question, I would say. Uh, what? What just happened? <laughs> Nat asked about Alex Trebek. It was gross. Oh, nice, nice Too soon, asshole. Have some respect. <laughs> no, it's not too soon. Like, yes, that. it is too soon. I'm not saying we're not making fun of him. I'm saying that uh, you can talk about him. You can't talk Wait, about you, him. Uh, uh, Alex Trebek is great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll miss him. He Legend. was awesome. Wait, one of my, you have one last over here on YouTube. Oh, do you have a memory of Alex the, Truly, the, one of the funniest things, and that when I fir- one of the first times I was like, "There's a larger world of entertainment," was when Alex Trebek guest starred on Cheers, 
Um, the episode where Cliff goes on Jeopardy, one of the funniest episodes of Cheers. And then later, Alex Trebek walks into the bar and Cliff's like, oh, my God, thank you for coming and talking to me um, about how I lost on uh, Jeopardy. And then I think Sam is like, wow, you really came all the way down here? He's like, no, I wanted to this bar and I can't believe he was sitting here or something like that. And it's just like really got me. That's awesome. Uh, We do actually have one more question here that is. Comic book related, just to wrap this up, from Scott Carpenter over on YouTube. What are your thoughts on the colored Walking Dead? Just a money grab? I missed the series, so I've added them to my hold file. Um, this is something that Image Comics just started releasing. They're re-releasing issues of The Walking Dead. They are colored this time instead of black and white. Um, yeah, Pete's giving it a big thumbs down. What do you think, Justin? I'm fine with it. Like, whatever. Like, why? You don't have to. If a new reader comes to it and reads it and loves it, great. Like, if you don't want it because you already What's know everything. What's the problem with black and white? They did. Like, what? Just because something's in color doesn't mean black and white is worse. It came out in black and white. It has a kind of, like, tone and a whole thing that kind of helps tell the story. You're going to add mm. all this stuff to it. It's going to make it a different story. It's not a random person coloring it in. I feel like it's it's a professional working on it. Have you ever seen movies? Yes, I'm familiar. So uh, the, they moved, shifted over to color, and people seemed pretty down with that. I don't like it when people started talking in movies. That was not my thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Stick to primal, man. No talking. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there we go. It's time for our next section, which is trivia. And for that, we're going to turn it over to Pete LePage. All right. All right, this is your opportunity to win 25 free dollars in the form of a gift card to Midtown Comics. I only see one hand up here. Uh... Yeah, I guess uh, we just want to put your hand up here in the comments, and then no, there's we'll, one. There's one already up. Oh, there yeah. is. Oh, yep. okay. Yeah, there All is. Right. Uh, right. Let's see what up. happens. Should we bring that person in, Pete? Whoever sure. they are. Sure. Bring why not? <laughs> uh, cool. What's going on, Pete? Do you want to do something for our audio podcast, or you just want to shake your fist? I just uh, can't wait to punch this guy in real life. You're going to do the oh. Trump dance, this one? Oh. Where he's oh. jerking off a bunch of dicks in the air? <laughs> wow. Wow. Alex That's what he's wide. doing. Thanks. Who are you? He's like, there it is. There it is. What's up, Nat? How you doing? <laughs> the, origin- the original double dick dancer, they call him. <laughs> Nat. I mean, that is what's on my business card, but only because I haven't run out yet in order to do ones. Yeah, what's up, Dad? You wanted to say something to Pete? Oh yeah, Pete, how's it going, man? Hey, Nat, great, <laughs> great to see you, you guys together. You know? uh, yeah, I just wanted uh, to check in on where we stand. You know, given the pandemic and everything, and society's changed so much. I maybe who knows? Maybe there's water under the bridge between the two of us. So I just nope. want to check in. Okay, nope. well, sorry. The only thing under the bridge is a fighting circle. <laughs> <laughs> um, on Saturday, Nat, Nat had tweeted, I'm at Grand Army Plaza in Brooklyn. It's a party. And like four hours later, I texted him was like, you still, you still there? And I, I ran over there and it was just cops. I was like, I was like, dude, we're like, home. No. Like, everyone was home. Yeah, uh, I've been drinking for like eight hours at that point. <laughs> like, wow! Oh, did you see Schumer? Schumer was at Grand Army Plaza. Uh, I heard we were at Long Meadow, and they were like, "He's up at Grand Army Plaza," and I was like, "Let's get him!" And then we <laughs> got there. It's funny you say uh, Schumer, and I was like, "Amy?" Yeah, Amy Schumer's there. They're related. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Oh, okay. 
Okay. Just, you know, I mean, no, it's just funny that when you say Schumer, you think of Chuck. I think of Amy first. That's all. Right. Both That's hilarious powerhouse between yeah. Chuck Schumer's daughter and I went to high school together. Uh-huh. Did you know that? Yeah, she's very conservative. One of the, oh really? <laughs> One yeah, of the just, first. Just like Chuck Schumer, am I right? What's up? Hey, hey! Whoa, whoa, we got, whoa, we got Democrats. Takes. Hey. One of the first improv groups I was in in the city, Amy Schumer was in it briefly, and she was like, fuck this, I'm going to do stand-up. We were like, okay. She's going to regret that, man. Man, you got her you good. You showed her. Uh, hey, Nia, Nat, since you're here, you want to do some trivia? Yeah, why not? Also, Pete, I do, real quick, Alex, I don't want to cut you off because I respect you so much, but Pete, I do want to say real quick, the people in the chat are asking why you're mad at me and why you want to punch me in the stomach and now face. So yeah. I'm just curious if we can get a recap because I feel like we're doing a little inside baseball Sure, here. sure, sure. Do you want me to tell it? Or yeah, you- I would love for oh, you God. to explain so exactly. Nice. You're being so nice right. to each other. All right, so yeah. uh, that friends, came out. Alex. Nat came on the show and was like, hey, uh, I have a fucking killer day job, and it's pretty sweet. And I was like, oh, my God, that's so great. I'm happy to hear that. And then he was like, yeah, fuck you. I'm going to change the fucking world with my day job. This new thing I'm releasing is going to change everything as you know. And I was like, wow, that seems like a bit much. Maybe you should turn that down. And he was like, fuck you. And I was like, is that how you phrased it at the time? I'm just curious if that was the diplomatic. We could play the audio. We could play. No, I'm just curious if that's how you speak to me when we're in person. I'm just curious if if that's your memory of how you talk to me in person. Pete often is telling a guest to turn it down, quote unquote, turn it down. (laughs) Turn turn it down to a respectable, moderate amount. Uh, Yeah. Oh, you you drew this comic book. Turn it down a little bit. We we know other people involved. You know, you don't have to take credit for the whole drug. But the letterer. Yeah. Well, everyone fun knows fun. everyone knows Pete's catchphrase from the live show, which is "I'd prefer a slightly more moderate intensity." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, I was the cool. one screaming "fuck you." Sorry, I, you know what? Very rude of me. I cut you off. You um, sure did, buddy. I was a real Nick Lachey Snickers commercial. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. So oh, wow. I just think that. I mean, you're proving my point. You deserve a punch in the face, <laughs> and it's coming. And uh, you know, only only time and a couple of pandemics will keep that from happening. Uh, but eventually, that, once I see you, what does gonna... Pete know about the next pandemic? Yeah, <laughs> release the data. Uh, no, but basically, you were talking shit. I called you out on it, and then I mm-hmm. and you said, "Well, if I'm wrong, I'll let you punch me." Mm, interesting. Mm. Yeah. Well, Matt had to prove that he changed the world with um, talk about what it was. Uh, tell us. Uh, we had an album of, of computer generated and, and AI generated uh, art and music. And we released a, uh, an album where the lyrics and the music itself were made in collaboration with AI. And that was uh, we released it on January 1st of this year. And I would say that right now things are a pretty different from January 1st. <laughs> so uh, he's not wrong. He's, he's not wrong, you. Pete. He's yeah. got you. Yeah, yeah, kind of hard. You're, so kinda you're hard taking credit for COVID right now? Is that what you do? That still deserves <laughs> a punch in, in the face. Go to the songularity.com. Maybe the clues are all there all along. Yeah. Uh, great. Why don't we start some trivia? Pete, you want to kick this yeah. off? Sure, sure. Uh, so today's trivia is on topical comic news. Uh-huh. I'm going to read you a question. Listen, Harlem Globetrotters. No all doubt. All three <laughs> possible answers. Get all three questions right. $25 will be yours in the form of a gift card to Midtown Comics Online. All right, here we go. Question number one. 
What is the name of the Valiant title coming out in February about a teenage caveman? Is it A, me caveman, B, savage, or is it C, Wayne Knight? So it's either A or it's B. I got to go with B because I think it was savage and that sounds just so accurate. Yes, it is correct. Nice. All right, here we go. Question number two. The King in Black comic is set to redefine whom? Is it A, Black Panther, B, Venom, or C, Emma Thompson? And, uh, Zelbin, if you could refrain from deep sighs of regret while I'm trying to do something. that would Oh, be I was sweet. just breathing. I was yeah. literally just breathing. I was trying to do something. You're know, like, yeah. It's a pandemic. That's what breathing sounds like now. He breathes inside. Uh, So is it A or is it B? Pick B. Uh, It's B. And I recommend watching the New York Comic Con panel about it with Donny Cates, which was really fun. Yes. Yeah, I knew that. Awesome. All right. Last one. The Latin X fantasy comic, Helm Greystone. Uh, Come on, guys. You're hurting, you're hurting us. Hey, guys. Comic. I'm sorry. Wait, Pete, can you pause for a second? I feel like I'm not getting... I can't hear enough breathing right now. Oh, you need more breathing. <laughs> <laughs> you need more cowbell. I love that Alex and I were able to sync that up, by the way. Yeah, That's, that was what a approach. <laughs> oh, yeah. There was a lot of harmony going on right there. <laughs> Real distinct start and end point. I'm impressed with you guys' performance. Uh, uh, I'm on a side now. This is what you've done to me. All right. <laughs> Helm Grayskull combines Lord of the Rings and... The rich, bloody history of blank. Is it A, Mexico, B, Costa Rica, or C, Andy Garcia? So it's either A and $25 will be yours, or you can be completely wrong. I'm going to tell you, Pete, I'm going to give you a double answer. The answer is A, and I know this one, that's dead again. Yeah! Wow! Amazing. Dead again, one of the best movies of all time. Legit. I'd say so. It's and a great movie. Depending on how wide we're making the category of best. <laughs> oh, it's great. I watched that movie a ten of times. Yeah, it's uh, in my top 500 for sure. Every time I see, see scissors, I think these are for you. <laughs> real dead real again. dead again fans know what I'm talking about. Uh, uh, we're dead called, uh, dead again. Dead, well, that was taken, actually. We're called again heads. It's not great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a bummer. Nat, thank you so much for playing. Shoot us an email at comicbookclublive at gmail.com. We'll get you set up Good with a $25 gift Good card to, see to you Midtown. Too. Enjoy you. the day. Hey, Equally thanks for the friendly. Alex Trebek question. Thank you. Yeah, for that. really good stuff. I thought you and, might have a good anecdote about it, you know? And I thought I'd exit it in a very tactful way. You did. Enjoy there the you. dinner mitts. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Oh, cut him off. There you go. Got him. Nice. Uh, guys, as we all know, and gals and others, uh, as we all know, tomorrow is new comic book day. We recommend you go wherever safest, even if it's uh-huh. online. Go there. What are you looking uh-huh. forward to, Pete? What are you looking forward to that's coming out tomorrow or came out today, I guess, from DC Comics because they're Ooh. doing that thing? Uh, um, I'm going to say uh, Taskmaster number one mm-hmm. and Hellboy and BPRD, the Seven Wives Club. Ooh, okay. A couple of takes there. 
Great. No elaboration necessary. Justin, what about you? What are you looking forward to? You know, it, it sounds like pandering, but I'm going to give it up for Scarin' Hood number one. Oh! Uh, I really liked, uh, I'm looking, really looking forward to uh, um, <laughs> reading <catch>. that book. <laughs> no, we obviously already read it. We talked to uh, Nick about it. Like, great book, really. It's uh, the combination, like I said earlier, I'm really into uh, comedy comics. Maybe it's the pandemic, but it's a really funny book that actually hits real moments of fear uh, when it needs to, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Marvel Zombies Resurrection. Number four is coming out tomorrow. Philip Kennedy Johnson, a writer, was supposed to be here this week. We pushed off his appearance because he's got some stuff coming up. He's got some some stuff coming up. Uh, We'll have him on the show next month to talk about that stuff, whatever that stuff may be. Uh, But regardless, this book has been great. I've been telling you about this. Because the decisions he's been making with Marvel Zombies are so smart and so interesting. You know, if you just thought it was another Zombies book like the previous one, which obviously was a big hit, uh, there's just like very specific continuity tied twists that he's been doing. And it really feels fresh and new. And I'm really enjoying it quite a bit. And uh, folks, that is it for our show. All right. Uh, Before we go, I want to thank Nick Roche, our guest, for being on the show. Check out Scarenthood coming out from IDW tomorrow. Also, next week, we're going to have a PAX show. Kyler Merrill from Stonewood Mountains is going to be here. Isaac Goodhart from Victor and Nora, a Gotham love story. Uh, One of DC's lines of excellence. Uh, teen YA graphic novels. Also, Travis Gibb from Cthulhu Invades Oz is going to be here. That's current Kickstarter. So that should be Wait, fun. how many people? Three people, Pete. Get oh, ready. We're going to blast through Let's them. It's going to do be it. Awesome. Let's talk. It's Let's going to be an awesome pack show. Uh, also, a couple show. of things to plug. Uh, Umbrella Academy, our Umbrella Academy podcast, is ongoing. We've taken a couple of weeks off for sure various el- election rated reasons, but that will be coming back, so don't worry. <laughs> Patreon.com slash comic book club <laughs> to support this show and more iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to this show. Uh, also, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and more at Comic Book Live on Twitter. Uh, and of course, stay tuned to the Stack Podcast, which comes out Wednesday, 9 a.m., both in this feed and the dedicated Stack feed. That's it. Thank you again, everybody. You're awesome. Good night. Good night, guys. Take care, everybody. Don't be-